All right, everybody, John chapter 10 in your Bibles, John chapter 10. We are continuing in our Journeying with John series, our Journeying with John series. We're in chapter 10, guys, we're moving through this. We're about halfway through the book. We're about halfway through the book, and, um, and I'm excited um, about what's going on, uh, what's going on here with it. And so I hope that it's been a blessing to you. We are in chapter 10. Um, let me remind you, we're just really working on our, on our social stuff. Um, I spent a lot of the day today working on our, uh, we have an Instagram page now for our, um, for our church, which will post a lot of our pictures and a lot of the stuff that's going on, like little moments like this, but we'll, we'll get it on there. And then, um, of course, on our Facebook page, we're going to, of course, we have the, the, the podcast. We're, gonna, we're working on our YouTube page now. And so there's a lot going on. We're just trying to make sure that the word... Uh, the word is getting out, and so um, uh, I hope that it, that it's something that uh, can be a blessing to you. That maybe you can, if people miss stuff or whatever's going on, but uh, hopefully that it'll be it'll be a blessing to someone. Uh, but we're going to go ahead and pick up in verse 19 um, of John chapter 10, and then we will move from there. All right, and so um, verse 19 it says, "There was a division, therefore, again." Among the Jews for these sayings, all right? So last time we were together, what was going on? We found out that Jesus Christ came to them and said uh, that no one takes my life. No one takes my life. I give my own life freely. I laid my life down and I have the power to pick it back up again, right? Which exactly what he did, right? He laid his life down for us and, and he picked it back up again. Um, at this point in time, it had not happened yet, uh, but they are just beside themselves. And of course... Uh, we find out that they decide that they are just, there's a division going on among them. There's a lot of strife. Verse 20. And many of them said, he hath a devil, and he is mad, and is he mad? Why hear ye him? So, a lot of people were just saying, man, you're nuts. You're nuts. He's nuts. And why, you that listen to him is nuts. You ever heard someone say, man, you're crazy, and you're crazy for listening to him, right? Or you're crazy for doing what he's doing, or going along with what's happening. And so, they're just not only just displaying this, this, um, this anger um, at Christ, but they're displaying it at each other. And they're like, man, he's crazy. He's ha- he hath a devil. He's mad. Why? Why listen to him? Verse 21. Others said, there are not the words, these are not the words of him that hath a devil. Can a devil open the eyes of the blind? And so they did what many of us should be doing. As whenever we get to a place where there's some confusion, which God is not the author of, Remember God's track record, that God does stuff in each and every one of our lives that no one or nothing else can do. Amen. And there's a lot of times where, where things happen and they say, man, I don't understand uh, how, how that makes sense or I don't understand how, um, how that happens, but it must be the universe. No, my friend, it's not the universe, it's God. And God works in mysterious ways and we know for sure that that is something um, that he does. But man, they said, man... What kind of devil does that? What kind of devil can open the eyes of the blind? Wow. Verse 22. And it was at Jerusalem, the feast of the dedication, and it was winter. So let me let you know about the feast of dedication. The feast of dedication uh, was, commer- uh, was a commemoration of the rededication of the temple. Um, a rededication of the altar. Um, and of course, I'm letting you know about the season uh, by which this is going on, it's happening um, in the winter time. So they're they're commemorating the rededication of the temple. Verse twenty three. And Jesus walked in the temple in Solomon's porch. 
Alright, and so uh, Solomon's Porch, another one of those phrases that may not be familiar with you. Anyone ever heard of Solomon's Porch before? Alright, so Solomon's Porch, um, it's what remains of the original work that was done by Solomon, right? Because God tasked Solomon to build uh, the temple, right? God told David he could not build a temple because uh, he was a man of war. It's okay. It'll work. It'll, it'll work. You can just press, uh, what is it? The thing that says just, what is it? Just let it, so that it does it. It's okay. Um, but I appreciate it. Um, and so Solomon's porch, it's, it's talking about what was left of, um, what was left of, of Solomon's original work, right? Because David could not, David could not uh, build a temple because he was a man of war and God told him the sword will never leave your house, right? And so, but Solomon was a king who was there and 40 years he reigned and there was peace all of his days and God tasked him uh, to build a temple. And so, uh, while he did that, he had him, he had him build a temple um, and this is what's left. And so Solomon's porch was like a, a, a corridor that led from the city into the temple, into the sanctuary. And this was something that people often used to tread because it was some, for some reason, it was able to uh, help brave the elements. Of course, it was, it was cold and taking this pathway, this corridor, um, Solomon's porch, it was something that was able to help them um, kind of uh, brave the winter time. And so it was something that it was a frequent uh, usage of passage. Verse 24. Then came the Jews round about him and said unto him, How long dost thou make us to doubt? If thou be the Christ, tell us plainly. So they're like, Jesus, quit playing. Are you the Christ or are you not? Right? Are you the Christ or, or are you not? How long are you going to make us wonder? If you are the Christ, then tell us that you're the Christ. Right? They're wanting to know uh, what's really going on. Verse 25. And Jesus answered them, and I told you, and ye believe not. The works of that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. Right? And so this is something that's going on that Christ really gets frustrated with um, a lot when it, when it pertains uh, to the people. Why? Because a lot of the people, Christ is doing something where he tells them all the time what was going on. And he was no stranger to let them know who he was. But they did not listen. Sounds a lot like us. Where we've read the Bible, and some of you guys, this is like your third, fourth, fifteenth time working through the book of John. And we see the things that the Bible says about what we should do, and we, we listen to what the Bible says about how we should conduct our lives. And we've heard many services, and we've been to church, and all that other stuff. And we still find ourselves getting caught in the very same snares that we were caught in years ago. We find ourselves slipping back into the old man that we were years ago. And so I, I, I hear his frustration and just say, like, man, how I've already told you. I told you that I was the Christ. I told you that I came and I bear witness of the Father and that um, the works that I do for him, they testify of me. I've told you all of this already. You're just wanting, it's like you keep asking me, hoping that I'll change my answer. You keep asking me, hoping that I'll change my answer and I've already told you and you did not believe me. Verse 26. But ye believe not because ye are not my sheep as I said unto you. So he says, man, you don't believe me, but why don't you believe me? Well, you don't believe me because you're not my sheep. You're not my sheep. I used to get really frustrated when the world did things that was very anti-Christ. Right? I used to be very frustrated about that. And then I read that passage in the Bible in Psalms where um, that passage in the Psalms that's just talking about uh, what's his name? No, his name slips my mind right now. 
um, Asaph. Asaph Psalm, when he says, Lord, I'm good to you. And I, I encourage anybody, if there's anyone in this room or anyone that watches via YouTube later or listens to the podcast later, what I want you to think about is you need to read that psalm. Because many times we do that. We throw a little pity party for ourselves and say, God, well, I was faithful to you. And God, I, was, I did the church work and I was a, a faithful servant and I, was, I did great. I did all the stuff that Christians are supposed to quote unquote do. I did all those other things. And why is it that I'm still, why is it that I'm the one that, that, that still has all these problems? Why is it that my needs aren't met and my health is bad and I don't have the finances? Why is it that that's the case for me? And then he said, man, I saw their end. And he switched from... Envy to pity. And sometimes we get to the point where we start following ourselves, but I I got to the place from that point forward where I said, man, I'm not really worried about the world. Why? Because the world's going to do what the world does. They say, oh, I don't, uh, even today, we're at the ASC with Brother Mike and someone, um, he has his AirPod, you know, his AirPod died. And so he's like, man, my AirPod died. And someone said, well, uh, what, you can't work if you don't have your music? And he's like, it's not just my music, man. It's my Christian music. It keeps me going throughout the day. And someone said right next to him, she said, and I quote, I hate all things Christian. Oh, right next to him. Just someone that was sitting there doing her work, she just said, I hate all things Christian. And should that grieve us? Yeah. Am I surprised? No. Why? He says, because you're not my sheep. And I've already told you that. Verse 27. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me, right? So sheep hear the voice of the shepherd, right? They hear the voice of the shepherd, they follow the shepherd. Simple. Verse 28. And I give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. So he says, man, uh, my sheep hear my voice. They know me. They follow me, right? I take care of the sheep, uh, but uh, I give unto them eternal life. They get eternal life from me, and they shall never perish, and no man is able to pluck them out of my hand. That's something that's so comforting, because if you know anything about sheep and shepherds, the shepherd will give his life for the sheep. The shepherd is the one who fights off the wolf, and he fights off the bears, and he fights off the poachers, and he fights off all that stuff. He puts his life on the line for the sheep. You have to pay attention, because if you look at the Bible, you just read it, and you just read the surface-level stuff, you are missing so much information you are missing so much information in the, if all that you're looking at is the surface level stuff. You've got to know the background. If you understand the relationship between a shepherd and a sheep, that analogy would be huge to you. Because you know that shepherds don't take their job lightly. It's very, very important. Verse 29. My father, capital F in my Bible. What about y'all? All right, just making sure we're on the right one. Amen? All right, cool. My father, which gave them me, is greater than all. And no man is able to pluck them out of my father's hand. So, so he says, man, I, um, I'm the shepherd and the sheep hear my voice and they follow me. I give them eternal life. They will never perish. No man is able to pluck them out of my hand. Then he says, man, my father, which gave them to me, he is greater than all. No one is able to pluck them out of my father's hand. Right. And then verse 30, where it says, I and my father are one. Right. Testament to the Trinity. Then the Jews took up stones again to stone him. Took up stones again to stone him. Because now they asked him to testify. You see how people ask stuff, but it's for ulterior motives? Listen, tell us the truth. Are you the Christ or are you not? And after he says, I've already told you, right? I've already told you. Then he professes like me. I'm my father I one. I'm here to do an eternal work. What do they do? They take up stones to stone him. 
They take up stones to stone him. So of course, with every lesson, I got takeaways for y'all. Y'all ready? Number one, expect the continual debate on who Jesus is. Expect the continual debate on who it is. Until he returns, what's going to happen? There's going to be a never-ending debate on who Jesus is. Is he really God? Is he the Son of God? Is he part of the Trinity? Is, he, is God, God in him one? Does he even exist? God's a fairy tale. God's a genie. He's a holy ATM. He's Santa Claus. He's magic. You're going to hear all that other stuff happen because that's what the world is going to say. But the Bible says that we are saved by grace through what? Faith. Through faith. Right? And it's by the foolishness of preaching that souls come to repentance. I'm, you have to understand this, is that the world's going to say what the world's going to say. I, my job, your job, is to not get caught up on, on what's, what the world says and what the world does not say. And I'm going to tell you this right now. I am so rooted and grounded in my faith that I don't, I don't think, and I don't say this haughtily, but there's nothing that anyone can say that's going to shake me. I believe without a shadow of a doubt that God is real. But here's the truth. Number one, if God is not real, I live my life trying to be the best person that I can be. If God is not real, I live my life trying to give to others and and give of myself and of my time and of my energy and of my resources and trying to be a good person uh, to this world. And by any any other religious standpoints, I'm making it. Think about it. Buddhism. Uh, Islam, all these other things, by any of, those other, any of those other standards of how you should live your life, I'm covering it. And if I die and there is no God, and then I went into the ground and I became part of the earth and nothing else happened. But if there is a God, two things. Number one, I'm going to be standing and reigning forever with Jesus Christ. Right. But number two, if you don't know him, that's not a risk I'm willing to take. Because the Bible talks about everlasting darkness and torment for a hell created for the devil and his angels. And a, a hell created for the devil and his angels is not a fun place to be. And it's not a risk I'm willing to take. Pastor, that sounds like a scare tactic. No, because I know that Jesus Christ loves me and him loving me is far supersedes the punishment. By the way, that he died to save me from. Right. So I'm not worried about the punishment. But expect a continual debate. Expect people to, expect it to happen. Don't let that shake you. Just know that it's going to happen. And be a light where you can. Number two. When you get to the place in your life where you're questioning him, remember all that he's done. When you get to the point in your life where you're questioning him, remember all that he's done. Nobody but Jesus can do the things that he's done. Nobody. Nobody. And shoot, church, I am a living, walking testament of of what God does. I'm a walking testament of what God does. I, I, and I, for a while, I couldn't see it. As, as I was in the middle of dark places in my life, as I was in the middle of places like depression and, and anxiety and bitterness and, 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 and anger, and I was at the place where I was at my lowest of my low when I was suicidal and all that other stuff was going on, I couldn't see it then. But as I look back now at, 20, at, at 28 years old, and I look back on my life and see how all those different things help make me the man that I am, going, that I am today and prepares me for the future storms that's going to come, it all makes sense. It all makes sense. I don't know about you, but I can look back on my life and I can trace his hand. And guess what? People say, oh, that you're a Christian, da 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 you just hunky-dory because... You, don't, you haven't had any real problems. Are you sure? Are you sure? I was four months old. My father tried to kill me. I mean, how much darker does it get? 
And it, didn't get, it, it only set me up for a life of, tr- of trouble from that point forward. And I can look back and I can say, man, life was terrible and this life is garbage. And then there is no God because of all those things. I can do it because many other people have. Or I can say those are the things that God put in, uh, not put in place, excuse me, but God allowed to happen in order to make me an instrument for his usage. And if that's the case, all the plans that I wanted to have, all the goals and dreams that I wanted to have before Christ, I count it all but done. Because being right where God has me is far better than anything else I could ever imagine. Am I rich? God, no. I am not even close. Am I, do I have it all together? Do I have the best looks? Or do I have, you know, I don't have all of that other stuff. But what I do have is the presence of God that guides me, sustains me, directs me. And I have never felt, and listen to me, trials come. I told y'all last week, and you remember I told you on Sunday that I've been, that last week was rough? This is part two, y'all. I'm right smack dab in the middle of it. It just spilled over into the next week. And And what's crazy is, yesterday I was having a bad day. Real bad, real bad day. And while that's happening, I'm preparing for tonight's lesson, and this stuff is just smacking me right in the face. As I'm thinking about all the, all the stuff that feel, that's trying to weigh me down, the first thing I saw this when it says, man, you're, when you're questioning him, remember all that he's done. Who do, you think that's, who do you think that spoke to first? And no, I wasn't questioning him, but it's like he knows me or something. Like we're all capable. Like, like, like our first inclination isn't, God, where were you when? Why aren't you here? Because I did all of these, so shouldn't you? All those questions, those, those leading questions, that, that point a finger at God or shake a fist. And when you're questioning him, you've got to remember all the things that he's done. Remember that all that he does. People wonder how things come to pass. And I don't wonder how things come to pass. I know how things come to pass. It's by the powerful work of God. The omnipotence of God, the overwhelming power of Jesus Christ. And it's, he's not a crutch for me, by the way. He's a whole stretcher. I mean, I'd be, I'm a, just <laughs> strap me in and take me to the place, man. But I've seen him work more times than not. And you know the reason why I cannot go back on my faith? I can't. Sometimes I look out and see the world having a good time. You think it doesn't tempt? Sometimes it does. See the world having a good time? It does tempt. But I have tasted and seen that the Lord is good. And because of that, there is, listen to me, y'all, there is no way I can go back. There's no way. There's no way. Does that, does that Romans chapter 6, Xavier, try to show up? Absolutely. Back to when I danced hip-hop and got into all those other stuff and back when the old life that I had. And I mean, I was only 17, but I was getting into it. And I look back into those things and what I could have been and some of my friends who are still in that life who are moving forward. And I say, man, it looks fun. And the lifestyle that goes along with it. And then I remember that, man, that old Xavier does not have my best interest in mind. And I am right where God has me. Is it always easy? Not by any means. But the lily of the valley walks through the valley with me. And that is better than anything else that this world can offer me. I remember their end. It's important. Number three. Stop questioning what God has already revealed to you. Do y'all see now how this message was smacking me in the face? He said, I, he said here, man, I already told you. I already, I already told you. Verse 26, he says, but ye believe not because ye are not my sheep. 
I told you these things already. And what we have a tendency to do is it's not just the world, church, um, uh, 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 that's, that's trying to not take God at his word. What it is, it's sometimes it's us. Forgetting the promises of God and forgetting what he, what he, what he told us he would do uh, with our lives. It's me. Last, yesterday, as I was sitting there getting ready to have a pity party for myself because that's what we do as humans, right? And I get in the word and I saw that I already told you, but you believe not. And I'm like, Xavier, do you still believe what he said he would do? Do you believe the vision that he's, get, that he's given you or the place that he's brought you or the growth and don't let this life, remember I told you guys before, don't let, don't let storms make you stupid. Remember that message? Don't let storms make you stupid. It still applies to me. Where sometimes the clouds literally hide the sun and it threatens a lapse of judgment. You can't let that happen. I believe, I happen to pick my Bible up right on time. I'm in the middle of having an awful day. I said, you know what, let me just go ahead. I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm studying as I'm getting bad news. You know what I'm saying? And the Lord's just kind of like, remember what I told you? Remember what I told you. Stop questioning in the dark what I told you in the light. And we do that. We start, he said, man, the Jews were good at asking Jesus Christ stuff that he already showed them. We do the same thing. And from two different standpoints, from a positive standpoint and a negative standpoint. Positively, God has shown us his vision for us and we question it when times get rough. Is that you? Anybody else in here human? Where he shows you what he wants you for your life and he envisions for you and he sets up and he's, man, he walks with us and he talks with us and tells us that we are his own and his light, his lamp is a light unto our feet and a, a, that guide for our path. And we allow the storms to cause us to question when times get tough. But also negatively, we inquire on things that God has already moved or told us know about. We're good at that. God telling us no about something and us trying to knock on the door still. Us trying to kick the door down. Us waiting in front of that door like a puppy hoping that it'll open when God has already told us no. Is that you? Where God has... By the way, church, if God says something in his word, there's no point in asking him about it. Well, well, God, what do I do do about this? Well, I know it's contrary to your word. Well, you should have stopped there. Because God's not going to walk contrary to his word. Right. But so many times God speaks to us and shows us what he wants us to do or what he does not want us to do. And we want it so bad that we'd rather have that and deal with the consequences later. And by the way, church, let me remind you that that whole act now, ask for forgiveness later is stupid. It's stupid. As a child of God, you are playing with fire. Not every prodigal gets to come home. We go out there, we try to say, well, I'll go out, and I'll, I heard someone say that, man, I'm living this life, and I'm not really in church, I don't really believe in God, but you know what's happening, man? Um, I mean, worse, worse comes to worse, and I'm saved, right? So, I'm good. And that's our mentality, we just play with fire. When God starts burning those barley fields, listen to me, it's like my old Jamaican mom used to say, right? If I have to come get you, it's going to be a problem. You know how it is, come here, come here. Come here, you don't want to listen, and they have to come over there and snatch you up. Now it's on, right? And you're going to do what you are going to do, but now you're going to do it with a whooping. Well, you should have just done it in a proper spirit anyway. And that's so many times it's us, and we, we, we get to the place where we inquire on things that God has already removed. Stop questioning what God has already revealed to you. Number four, remember that God is holding on to you and not vice versa. Remember that God is holding on to you 
and not vice versa. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My father which gave them me is greater than all and no man is able to pluck them out of my father's hand. I and my father are one. That's called eternal security, my friends. It did not say, that's why people say, well, you can lose your salvation. I'm like, show me how. Because last I checked, I wasn't holding on to God. God was holding on to me. And God is like, it's a legally binding contract. He says, man, once it's your responsibility to sign it, sure. But once you sign it, it's like, all right, we're good. And I'm going to take those from you. Great. I own you now. And there is no walking away. I mean, you can walk away physically. You can even try spiritually, but we know that we are the salt of the earth. And if the salt has lost its savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and to be tried under the foot of men. So what happens? I'll tell you this real quick. You start walking contrary to the Lord after you've given your life to him, you're risking your joy, you're risking your peace, you're risking your happiness, you're risking your direction, you're risking that light, that little light of mind that you have, you're risking that going out. And consequently, you keep pushing it too far, you risk your life. The Bible lets us know, man, if you, there, is no, there is no just <coughs> coasting. If God starts burning down the fields around you because you're not doing what you're supposed to do, you might find that God was like, all right, well, you're, just, you're done here. Let's go. Let's go. I'll share a story real quick. Um, you know, the Bible says, you know, honor thy father and thy mother that days may be long upon the earth, right? Yeah. Length of days and long life shall thou be given, all that stuff. I know a man... I may have shared the story with you before. I knew a man um, that I met when I was in college. Um, and I, was, I was dating a, a young girl uh, back then, and we were working camp, and I met, that's how we met him. We both met him through camp, right? And he was fantastic. And, I mean, when I tell you that I fell in love with him, I fell in love with him. And I said, I'm going to come, and I'm, I mean, I'm going to get my diploma, and I'm moving to North Carolina. I'm going to come work for you. I don't care how much it costs or how much it – I don't care – if I have to get a full-time job and, and, and get out of work five minutes before and race across to the... I don't care. I'm going to come work for you. I'm going to come be your assistant. I'll be your assistant. I mean, I, I don't know what it was, but it was something about him. I have never been drawn to someone so much. And he shared a story with me before. He said, he said, he said Xavier, he said, when my wife and I, our parents did not approve of this. He said, God told me no, and I kicked that door down. And I went ahead and married her anyway. And I remember the day I was at college. It was my senior year. It was my senior year. And I'm in bed. It's 4.30 in the morning. Maybe 5, I get a call from his daughter, who we're great friends at this point. She gives me a call. She said, I just, I just thought you deserved to know. My dad was taking someone to the hospital for an appointment. And he walked through those doors. And I'm not sure what happened, but he fell and he just... He was gone. He was gone. Late 40s, early 50s. The doctor said based on the way, the, 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 the bruising and stuff on him, like there wasn't a whole lot. They said, man, it's like he just, he was gone before he hit the ground. It's like he, he was walking in and didn't, that was it. Like, it's like he, it's like he was walking through those doors and he was just taken. And the first thing, I mean, I was, a, of course you can imagine, I was a mess. I mean, I'm, talk, I'm, I'm on the phone with her and I'm just bawling my eyes out. Five o'clock in the morning, my roommate's like, are you okay? I'm just, I can't even get words out. But the first thing that came to my mind is what he said to me. 
He said, I know that I outrightly disobeyed God. And I think about that all the time. Now, I'm not saying that disobeying your parents means that God's going to take your life early. He may, he may not. But the Bible says to him that knoweth to, to do good and doeth it not, to him it is. And if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. You play with fire long enough. You got to be careful. You got to be careful. But we got to remember that God is holding on to you and not vice versa. I'm not sure how I got there, but we were. Remember that, remember that God is holding on to you and not vice versa. So let's play true or false real quick. True, you had to accept the free gift of salvation. True, you have a responsibility to live a holy and a set-apart life. False, you are holding on to your salvation. That's not true. You're not the one holding on to God. God is holding on to you. Once you gave, your, once you gave him your hand, he will not let it go. He will not let it go. But what it, but what it really means to be held is you got to think about this. The Bible says that my sheep hear my voice. I know them. No one is able to pluck them out of my hand. My father which gave them all. No one's able to pluck them out of my father's hand. I and my father are one. And so, um, and so you're like this pen, right? And when you get saved, Jesus Christ is like, man, I've got you, right? And then once you, and then, and then he says, okay, if you needed some more assurance, I'm going to let you know that, hey, uh, God's like, I've got you too. And then the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4, man, grieve not the Holy Spirit, whereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption. So almost like a belt, the Holy Spirit keeps you sealed. That's eternal security. I, I don't know about y'all, but I take, I take comfort in that. To know that, because listen to me, I'm a mess up. I mess up. I, y'all mess up? I mess up all the time. And I'm glad that it's not contingent upon me because someone said this and I love it. He said, if you could lose your salvation, you would have. If you could lose your salvation, you would have. Number one, expect a continual debate on who Jesus is. Number two, when you're questioning him, remember all that he's done. Number three, stop questioning what God has already revealed to you. And number four, remember that God is holding on to you and not vice versa. Let's pray.